Hello, my friends, and welcome to The Bible in Order, where we are chronologically going through the entire Bible in one year. Today's reading for August 20th is Habakkuk, chapters 1 through 3. That's the entire book. It's a short book, and it's intriguing in the conversation between Habakkuk and Yahweh. We begin with Habakkuk praying and saying, How long, Yahweh, must I call for help? And you do not listen or cry out to you about violence, and you do not save. Most scholars believe that this book was written just prior to the Babylonian army breaching the Jerusalem wall, and that Habakkuk was a prophet within the city, and he was watching the terror and the drought and the lack of food and of course the Judean people were sinful in being judged and he acknowledged that but his question is why would God allow a people even more sinful than the Jews to have victory over the Jews. And he doesn't really get a clean answer or a clear answer. Again, in verse two, how long Yahweh must I call for help and you do not listen or cry out to you about violence and you do not save. In verse five, we get God's response. Look at the nations and observe. Be utterly astounded, for I am doing something in your days that you will not believe when you hear about it. I'm raising up the Chaldeans, that bitter, impetuous nation that marches across the earth's open spaces to seize territories not its own. They are fierce and terrifying their views of justice and sovereignty stem from themselves. They are their own rule of law. In verse 11, it says, They're guilty because their strength is their God. Self-worship. And yet God is using them. And Habakkuk prays a second time, beginning in verse 12. Yahweh, my God, are you not from eternity? My Holy One, you will not die. You appointed them to execute judgment. You destined them to punish us. But why? And I, I love the humanity of this man who is not ashamed to speak out what he's really feeling and thinking. It's refreshing. I believe God finds it refreshing. I mean, don't we all have thoughts like that? But most of us are afraid to pray them. God, why would you do it that way? 
most people, even though they might not word it in such a way, they become disgruntled or discontent about the state of affairs. And most of us in our hearts blame God. But those of us who are religious, and yes, I do mean religious, trying to be reformed out of religion and that religious mindset, but religion is hypocrisy. It's trying to earn God's favor or trying to keep God's favor by the things that we do. I'm going to read my Bible and go to church and sing praise songs so that God will love me. That is religion. I'm not going to share the thoughts that are in my head because they will make God angry. So I will bite my tongue and just not pray or at least not pray heartfelt prayers because I can't be intellectually honest. I can't really share with God the things that are on my heart. My friends, that is religion. But it's a way that most of us have been conditioned that we cannot share with God the things that we're really thinking because we're going to offend him in some way in our minds. Because we project on God the way that we've been experiencing our earthly fathers, whether they're biological or spiritual fathers. And when we talk to people and we bear our hearts to people, there's hardly any people who are able to listen to us and not become offended by our thoughts. And so we learn from an early age just to keep our mouths shut so that we don't rock the boat, so that we don't upset people. But my friends, God sees right through that and he wants us to be more like Habakkuk and just share the things that are on our hearts. It is so much better to be honest and forthright, to come to our God. The New Testament says we can boldly approach the throne of grace because of the sacrifice that Jesus Christ made on our behalf. And if we are in him, we are clothed in his righteousness. And because we are clothed in his righteousness, not by our own works, but we are saved by faith through grace. We're saved by grace through faith. Faith is the activator that saves us, that gives us access to Jesus' sacrifice. And because we are saved, we can come to him and we can say, God, boldly I approach your throne of grace Please forgive me for thinking this way, for feeling this way, but this is how I feel. This is the way I see. And God in his kindness and mercy will shift our gaze and give us eyes to see from his perspective. And then we can be set free. We can be changed. But the only way to really address a problem is to admit that you have one. And to whom better is it to admit our problem, to confess our issues, than to the Most High God. Chapter 2, Habakkuk says, I will stand at my guard post, station myself on the lookout tower. I will watch to see what he will say to me and what I should 
reply about my complaint. Other translations say what he will reply about my complaint. And God responds, write down this vision, clearly inscribe it on the tablets so that one may read it and run or easily read it. Perhaps that's what that means. For the vision is yet for the appointed time. It testifies about the end that will not lie. Though it delays, wait for it. It seems like it's never coming, but it's coming, God says. Verse 4, the righteous will live by his faith. And then the five woes that God pronounces. Woe to him who amasses what is not his loads himself with goods taken in pledge. It's like borrowing money that you probably can't repay. Kind of like our governments in this day and age. Verse 9, Woe to him who dishonestly makes wealth for his house to escape the grasp of danger. Don't trust in material wealth, friends. Woe to him who builds a city with bloodshed and founds a town with injustice. CIA, are you listening? For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of Yahweh's glory as the water covers the sea. Woe to him who gives his neighbors drink, pouring out your wrath, making them the neighbors drunk in order to take advantage of them. Woe to him who says to created things like wood and stone, wake up, come alive. Worshiping the creation instead of the creator, God says, woe to you. But Yahweh is in his holy temple, chapter 2, verse 20. Let the whole earth be silent in his presence. Chapter 3 is almost like a psalm. Psalm of praise that Habakkuk pours out. And he closes with confidence in God, in God's goodness. He says in verse 16 of chapter 3, I heard and I trembled within. My lips quivered at the sound. I trembled where I stood. I will celebrate in Yahweh. I will rejoice in the God of my salvation. Friends, When you pour out your heart to God and you realize he's not going to be angry at you for being honest, he's not going to strike you with lightning for speaking what's on your heart, it's freeing and it allows you to worship him in truth. May he bless you as you seek him, as you pour out your heart to him, as you share all of the things that you've locked away in the chambers of your heart. Trust him. He is a loving father and we can boldly approach his throne of grace. We'll see you tomorrow.